Hey there, you are listening to part two of a two-part series, and we are talking about assets. No, not money. We are talking about wisdom and thought leadership and stories and how when these are packaged up and they're housed in a place where you can share it with other people, they actually become assets in your business. My guest today is John LaDuca. He is the founder of an awesome company called Playbook Builder. Welcome to the conversation. Hi, I'm Deirdre Van Nest, and you're listening to the Crazy Good Talks podcast. I created this podcast because I'm obsessed with helping financial professionals and entrepreneurs like you express yourself in a way that attracts and wins you more business. Plus, I want to help you make a huge impact on the lives of others. That's why each episode is packed with actionable strategies to help develop your speaking, storytelling, and content creation skills skills that allow you to effortlessly make emotional connections with your ideal clients. I'm so excited to take you on this journey because when you learn these skills, your influence and your impact will be limitless. Let's jump in to today's episode. All right, we are back for part two with my friend, the amazing John LaDuca. And John, we are talking about wisdom and philosophy and thought leadership. And what I'd like to start with is what are the three core elements of thought leadership? I've never heard someone break down thought leadership like this. Yeah, well, I I didn't know what it was comprised of either. I kind of made a study of it and and started looking at it and found a pattern that I was able to apply to other speakers and other leaders throughout time and and recognized there was a pattern. Uh, a thought leader is comprised of three three distinct areas: the thinker, the leader, and their tribe. The thinker identifies a problem and provides unusual or uncommon insight about why it's happening. Mm. And then the the leader articulates action moving forward. And the tribe is critical because, you know, we kind of associate thought leadership as having universal appeal, but I believe that it can be very impactful in a niche arena as well, that your tribe, your followers will subscribe to you if you stand up and be counted and share your philosophy. And so the hallmark of a good thought leader is, yes, they'll look at a problem that we all see, that we all know the symptoms to, and they'll go, let me tell you why that's really happening. And you go, oh, you know something that not everybody knows. Yeah. Historical insight, or you've got a, you know, a friend at the Fed who really knows what's going on. Like all of a sudden that person is exalted into thought leader status because they're not a Monday morning quarterback like the rest of us. They have insider insight. And so that's the first thing. And that that lends us to leads us to the next chapter, which is to say, let's paint the picture going forward. What could it be? What's the vision of what could be to make sure that they can imagine a better future? And then Mm. just like a good politician would do, we recommend the five points and you stick with your five and they unpack the philosophy. And so you can imagine the applications for this, but every single person that I've encountered built their business in response to what they saw was mediocrity or they saw a, 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 an irresponsible dynamic. All of my lovely snobby advisors who say, you know, we're not like everybody else. We're doing things right over here. And, and they are doing it. They are leaning in. They're not peddling products. Well, you get them wound up around what's going on in the industry and they'll, they'll 
I have to take the marker out of their hand. They're, you know, they've got an hour's worth of content in them about how the industry conspires against whatever you fill in the blanks, yeah. serving clients. And and while that's usually affirming, it's when they go, and here's why that everything changes. And that's that's just such a cool dynamic. So my general belief is we really just want to know what you really think when no one's looking. We want that's why mm. social media has become so popular. It's like, can we catch you just being yourself? Because I want that intimacy and that transparency. I want to know what you look like, you know, hanging around with your kids, like not just this polished, curated version of you. And I think that philosophy and sharing your worldview sits in that equation where you can, in a careful, thoughtful, planful way, determine yours, and then provide an understanding for others about why you built what you built. So a lot of my clients were using the thought leader platform, those five points, as a way to reach out and connect and communicate on social media. Like, here, these are the five things you have to do. If you agree, if you see this problem the way I see it, and and you want to go to this promised land, this better state, these are the five things you have to do. Well, those are also the chapters of your book. Those also become your structure for your TED Talk or whatever it is. It's a very elegant way of positioning and unpacking, providing leadership and direction. And it's effective for them because all of the people that I've worked with who are good at what they do. Now, I can't account for startups or people who aren't very good at what they do, but folks who are highly intentional and meticulous and have been curating best practices over their career, there's a why behind every how. And it usually maps back to some calling of theirs. Like most of the yeah. financial advisors I work with, you know, they kind of started their career out like on the trunk of a tree, like with everybody else, but they, they made decisions and they branched off. And then 30 years later, I'll meet them. They're making eight figures and they're like, I don't even know how I got here. Yeah. I was just like everybody else 30 <laughs> years ago, but I, I picked this instead of that. I went this way and zagged and, and I'm way out over here you know, in Nebraska, and I'm sitting on a box of incredible intellectual property. Yeah. All of that wisdom, all of that is the, is the central asset. Being able to talk about it through process, like we were discussing, being able to unpack it through a packaged version of your process as a client fulfillment or a communication tool, and unpacking it as a philosophy. These are all in the same category. It's getting to the core of your belief system and how it informs choice making, how it informs the experience I'm going to get. If I know your why, I might be more inclined to understand your how. Your how reflects it. Like The things that you do in an engagement, Deirdre, are not arbitrary. They are because you are a perfect marriage with your wisdom and that of your clients. You've matched them and you've created something really unique and individualized because of that being your intention to do so. Your ability to talk about it is the gift. I mean, that's where others need you. I think that's what you do. That's so So valuable. I want to talk about the why for a second, but when it comes to thought leadership, so is the difference of someone who's a thought leader versus someone who's just maybe a loud voice, the having a unique perspective on the why or having a philosophy, you talk about having a philosophy yeah. Yeah, let's be um, clear. and being I, known I, for that. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean like an influencer. Like I'm yeah. really talking about someone who's leading their industry's conversation. Okay. And so this isn't the domain of anyone. Like you've got to have what it takes 
to have an informed opinion. So the startup, the person who's just bumbling around the dark, they're probably not going to aspire to be a thought leader, but somebody who's been at it for 30 years and is indeed a, a, a keynote speaker, a book author out there on the vanguard of their industry, they have every right to package what they're doing and position themselves that way. And the trappings of thought leadership ultimately are just the normal marketing things, you know, social media presence, being a speaker, being an author, being out there. But what we recognize is that bringing everything back to a core philosophy, the same five points, the same Mm -hmm. worldview, that's Mm -hmm. that enduring attribute that allows them to enjoy a long tenure as a, as a leader in the space. They have a thesis and they've been they've been perfecting it for years and we can we can tap into it which we love as an audience We're like what do you know yeah okay that makes sense you know how people buy based on emotion and then they back their decision up with logic well this means if you don't make an emotional connection with your ideal clients no one's buying anything not you your products your services or ideas and that's where we at crazy good talks come in We give you tools and strategies to make emotional connections with your ideal clients so that you can quickly build trust. So to do that, I want to offer you a free resource I just created for you. It's an identify your story guide. Stories are one of the most powerful ways to make emotional connections with your clients. But many professionals come to us saying, I don't even know what my stories are. This guide will help you identify the two most important stories you need to have in your business. So go on over to crazygoodtalks.com right now to grab your guide. So, you know, obviously over here at Crazy Good Talks, one of the things we love and we're all about is stories, particularly key business stories, your why story, your desire story. I know you love stories. You spend a lot of time also in your past business, helping to shape and create stories. So where does story play a role? In the mess. Oh, everywhere. You see it. I mean, it's the number one way we like to learn since we're sitting around campfires for 250,000 years, catching up with one another. Like, how did you land that water buffalo? And it's all story. The oral tradition is how we embed learning because I believe it is where you get the, the knowledge, the information, the, the data, but it matches with emotion and that embeds it into like, I know how to change my oil, but when I do it, I remember the story my dad told me about being in the army in the sixties in Yuma, Arizona, and his truck breaking down and he's almost dying out there waiting for somebody to come along the road. That story is linked with those activities. And so what I recognize is that that's how we hook into others is through story. And most of the most, like the best that I've seen are meticulous. They are not happenstance successful. They do the same things. They follow the same pathways and processes. This is what you were saying earlier. I couldn't agree with you more. Maybe they haven't named their process, but by God, they have one. It's unconscious, but it is the same every time. And there's a why behind it. And there are stories about doing it that way. Yes. You know, we would interview somebody on camera for Playbook Builder and we get the CEO talking about, well, why do you smile when you answer the phone around here? And you wind up with a story about dragging the wagon in 1969 when my mom had cancer and it was a blizzard and I had to do it anyway. And, and that's why we, we smile when we answer the phones around here. And you go, did we get that? You know, that's an asset. That's, that's a, 
a why informing a how, and for a team member or for a prospect, I think we just catch fire when we understand that stuff. It's part of that idea of being intimate with someone. We get to see what they really believe and how how that shapes their their offering. And then when we attach to it, we don't just attach to features, we attach to them. We had a conversation maybe about a month, six weeks ago, and we were we were talking about Playbook Builder and we were talking about creating yeah. assets and how Playbook Builder can house these assets. Because that is a big problem for a lot of content creators. And I've been guilty yeah. of this too, right? Is we have all this stuff everywhere. Yes. Well, if you have all these these videos here and this 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 white paper there and this podcast here and this interview there and this there and everything, it's like ah, right? Like it really can't. It's not scalable. It's not consistent. It's not right. saleable. It's very hard. And so, what I love about Playbook Builder is you 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 provide a platform to organize everything in one place, and it's very dynamic. And it can be customer facing. It can be team facing. Yes. And and right. And one of the things we were talking about. So so if you're listening and you own, you're, you're the you're the CEO of the business or you aspire to that at some point, you're going to have team under you or working with you. The importance of sharing your story and having it on a platform like Playbook Builder, because the farther out a team member gets from the founder, the more the the essence of the business is lost. Can you talk about that for a minute? How story and then having it somewhere like Playbook Builder actually plays in to retention and attracting good people and people working cohesively? Because I don't think most people think about it this way. Well, you know, my dad's generation, we talked about him earlier. People were just lucky to have a job. If your check cashed, you were happy. And so the equation was in the beginning, you know, you'd end up with an employee with a lot of discipline. They'd show up on time, maybe you're even early and stay late. You're just happy to have a job. Eventually, they'd move into affinity. They'd start to realize they like the work. Yeah. And then after maybe 20 years, a sense of belonging. We're a Ford family or whatever it is. Yeah. The, recent generation have inverted that equation. If you don't start with connection, you're not going to get discipline out of them. It's now a seller's market. And so if they don't like your toilet paper, they're going to bail on you. And so it's incumbent upon the owner of the business to bind with these people on the team. Project Aristotle was a big benchmark study that Google conducted a few years back. And they were basically you know, trying to deconstruct why some teams really flourish around here and some suck. Mm. And they just spent a lot of time and energy and they have all the data heads to do that, right? Well, they came up with a matrix of like five or six things that were fundamental. The number one thing was emotional safety, was mm. knowing like, I can participate here in this team without fear of, you know, repercussions or being shut down. And so wow. that's what's that's going on. That's yeah, that's what's going on right now. So my generation of guys and I grew up in a sales culture, you know, here's a phone book, Sonny. And if you come up for air and you're starting to make some sales, we'll pay attention to you. Coffee is for closers, John. Coffee's for closers. You better <laughs> believe it. I was and, in that era too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean I've done all kinds of sales and I, I chuckle about it. But interestingly while we want to hang on to those ideas, they, 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 they work back then and they should work now. It was good enough for me. Interestingly, we're seeing like an unprecedented inversion yes. of the equation. It's this abundance of opportunity. And so people are more discriminating. We've got to approach them more like they are investors than just yes. here to do a job. So why story? Because that's how they fall in love. Right. That's how they go. He's a good dude, or right. I'm crazy about her and what she's all about. 
And how else can we do that? Well, at scale, it's harder and harder, right? Yes. I mean, we talk yes. about wisdom as being like, like a pot-bellied stove in the CEO's office. If you're in there, man, you're getting warm. But if you work down the hall or in the office in Toledo, you may never hear those stories. You may never get touched by that heat. So playbook builders like the duck work. You know, we can capture that wisdom and we can port it all over the business so everyone can participate, can watch, can consume, can share that information. And we recognized early on sticking stuff in the cloud wasn't going to win us any awards. I mean, everybody's yeah. got crap in the cloud. We had to solve yeah, the problem. Yeah, what makes it different? Yeah, well, what makes it different yeah. from just housing we, stuff in the cloud? Thank what you. What makes the playbook it, builder it, different? It's a big deal that we, we're consultants, not just a technology company. So we were yeah. in the field deploying these solutions and seeing where they were and they weren't working. We were trying to drive KPIs. I mean, we were sort of saying, hey, we want to move the needle on revenue or on whatever the metric is. We believe if you, it's a hypothesis, if you train people properly, you'll reduce the amount of loss or mistakes or drive behavior in the correct way. Sticking stuff in the cloud does not solve that. It's getting yeah. folks to use it. So Playbook yes. Builder does some pretty cool stuff. We built a full-blown, almost like a marketing software inside of Playbook Builder to reach out and email or text users. And it mm. does it on a behavioral basis. So it actually has a little engine on the background and you can plug in various variables like this person hasn't logged in in 20 days, send them this message. So we can automate a lot of that. Yeah. Texting is massive because we're reaching people now you know, in different devices. And so we're reaching them in different environments. And then of course, reporting. Reporting is mission critical. And we have really detailed like very granular level reports. We went into a financial services guy's office one time and helped him out with his process. And about two months later, he got his little check-in with the SEC. Well, they were out of there in half the time because they just don't wow. see that kind of stuff. Because everything's all organized and easy. And yeah, wow. I mean, they have That's every huge. procedure, every process, all laid out, all easily communicated and accessible to everyone. So it's a nice defensive position in the event of a lawsuit. It's evaluation yes. potential. But it's also unleashing these folks to do things they otherwise would have been afraid to do. Like, we're going to hire 10 people and they're all going to be onboarded exactly the same way. And we're not, I'm not going to have to do it six times or 10 times. I'm only going to have to do it once and it'll live in Playbook Builder forever. It makes it easier to sack people that are crummy because yeah. if you've got their IP, it's your asset. They're, it's, if it's time for them to go, you're not as hobbled as if they walk out your office one day with 25 years of experience between their ears. And so we're just excited. I mean, you could tell I'm passionate yeah. about it. No, I'm sitting love it. around watching amazing small business owners reach this vertical limit to their business model. Yes. Mm, there's just no way to swap time for money anymore. But yes. scale requires a paradigm shift. It requires another yes. way of thinking about the way we do knowledge transfers from head to head. Mm -mm. You got to stick it somewhere and let other people in a self-directed kind of learning environment advance their careers. Well, what a great recruiting tool. Yeah, hey, I love listen, it. I don't want to spend time with you. I'm too darn busy and I'm making way too much money being out in the <laughs> field. So I don't want to be your trainer, but I can, I can onboard you and I can get you to six figures in six months because I've got an entire protocol that works and we've got, yes. and, and you can access it. So from a recruiting standpoint, from a retention standpoint, it seems to be a way to, well, I know it's corny, but it's the company campfire. It's the place where all the stories live.
like you would never say to someone, Hey, I, I don't care. I, I'm making too much. I'm not going to train you. But if you turn, if you say, Hey, I have this great campfire, you can sit around. They're like, Oh, they feel loved and valued. Um, and the truth might be you, you don't have time to do that, but you've actually put something together that shows that you, that you care. Um, so I love it. So playbook builder is, you know, we're talking about in the last, in the last, this podcast and the one before that, just this idea of thought leadership and packaging up your wisdom and packaging up your wisdom and, and, and sharing that with the world, but then having a place that's dynamic, that you can put it where you can not just transfer that to your clients, but also transfer that to your teams, um, that will help your business be more scalable and, um, more consistent. So yeah, I think this is, this is brilliant and so needed. So where can people find you? Oh, easy. We have a nice little website. You can take a two-week free trial, no credit card kind of a thing, and just see the software yourself, uh, teamplaybookbuilder.com. And folks can check that out. I mean, Deidre, you know, what's exciting about what you do is you're helping your clients develop an arsenal of stories. Yes, and that is so valuable for them to be able to access. I always think about Ronald Reagan, like he was really a master at that. And he would write them down on little cards and have them inventoried jokes and stories. And they were at yeah. the ready and you're doing the work of helping them unearth the magic through a story. What we would do for the client is capture and share it forever archived yes. independent of that person being in the room to deliver the story. The right. story can still connect. Yeah. So I love it. And it's a pleasure to yeah, see it happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to just like, as kind of a wrapping closing thought here, the paradigm shift I want to, you know, encourage if you're listening to have is that your stories, your speeches, your, your jokes, your idioms, like all those things that make up you yeah. aren't just these words right? They're not just these ideas. When they're packaged and put together in the right way, they're actually assets. That's right. They are assets that will grow your business. They are assets that will make a big impact on the lives of others. You know, We look at our stories and the speeches that we've created here, and I'm sure you, you have the same for what you've created, John. They are actually extensions of our sales team. They are extension of our client relationship team. They are an extension of our recruiting team. They are an extension. And that's how you want to start looking at your, your wisdom and your words as assets. So with that, John, thank you so much for being here. Thank, thank you, you for the pleasure. amazing work that you're doing in the world and helping advisors and other entrepreneurs. It's just a pleasure to get to know you. And uh, thank you for building Playbook Builder as a place that can Thanks. house all this beautiful wisdom and be the brains for our company. And um, so you can find you can find John, John at Team Playbook Builder, and you can find us at crazygoodtalks.com and listen to this podcast anywhere uh, you listen to podcasts. So with that, be blessed. Make it a crazy good day. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Good Talks podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered in this podcast represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Accelerated Performance, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. 